To be. Or not to be. That, that is, is the question. question. I often say, if Shakespeare was alive today, he would want to collaborate with Beyonce. Shakespeare was meant to be consumed by the masses, not just by the elite. So it resonated. They're completely with us. They were completely with us the whole time. This guy just looked at me silently and just shook his head. He just shook his head as in, don't do it. Don't do it. Welcome to To Be or Not To Be, a weekly podcast about the most famous and baffling speech in all of English literature. In this series, we interview some of our leading Shakespearean actors, directors and scholars and ask them, what do they think about to be or not to be? A speech that everyone argues about and no one can agree on. What do they think of Hamlet and of Shakespeare, the man who wrote those words four centuries ago? In his speech, Hamlet talks about suicide and the pain of existence which everyone suffers. It's also about whether to find the courage to take action, about seeking justice in a corrupt and brutal world. All of these meanings came to the fore in a remarkable production by the Public Theatre in New York, a performance which had a Black Lives Matter theme. It was directed by Patricia McGregor, one of the most accomplished directors of colour in American theatre. I, I love Shakespeare and I've loved it for a long time, but I feel like I see a lot of kind of bloated Shakespeare that's distanced from, you know, the, the visceral nature of, of the language and, and getting up close and intimate feeling like, oh, a character speaking directly to me about something, you know, which I think is one of the genius trademarks of Shakespeare. So I loved the challenge to make it feel very contemporary. Crystalline Lloyd was cast as Ophelia. You know, for me, it was about finding the freedom to really allow her to be just authentically a, a, a Black woman in this world. Ophelia didn't feel like she couldn't be a Black woman. And I feel like there are times when I've stepped into roles in, in Shakespeare where there's this feeling of needing to kind of whitewash oneself as an actor of color to fit into these predominantly white roles. And I didn't feel that with this particular production, I, I felt as though everything that I came in with was completely welcomed and of use because it is so famous and so iconic and so many voices have done it. The idea of being a black woman on the stage, I, I, was, I was very self-aware of what I was doing and what role I was playing. Chukwudi Iwuji came on board in the lead role. The big thing of Hamlet is when the people that are supposed to take care of you fail, where does that leave you? And in the context of Black Lives Matter, when the system that's supposed to protect you, law enforcement, Medicaid, the government, social security, all those things that are supposed to be there for you, let you down one after the other. It's making it hard to, to earn, to live, to be educated. What are you left with? And that's, that's why it resonates. So whatever is like when everyone, everything that's supposed to protect us doesn't, but actually looks to destroy instead, what do you have? I felt like Chuck was the perfect person to be able to bring that regal access and also a visceral commitment to fighting for justice, which was at the center of my particular interpretation of the production. Professor James Shapiro is the Shakespeare Scholar-in-Residence at the Public Theatre and was an advisor to the production. 
Chuck's an extraordinary actor, and he had always wanted to do Hamlet, but because of the, for want of a better phrase, systemic racism, there are not a lot of black Hamlets who've been allowed to perform in this play. He jumped at the chance to do this for Patricia. The production would tour the five boroughs of New York, performing in maximum security prisons, in women's refuges, in homeless shelters, and in community centres in the most deprived areas of the city. When I first did it in rehearsal, I had a, a hoodie, and uh, they come to the point of, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him, Horatio. I'm looking at this skull, and I, I, I want to see the skull properly, and it's, it's, this is my friend. So out of respect, my logic was, out of respect, I would take my hoodie off to talk to this skull. When I did that in performance, it suddenly got all this attention of that moment of pulling the hoodie down. And then I was like, of course, black men are literally being killed across the country and people are literally using excuses, a black man in a hoodie. The hoodie had become the symbol of danger. And this gesture of taking off the hoodie, which for me was just a logical thing to do for practical reasons and also for respect of an old friend, became the symbol of for us in that production of this is what black men are being killed across the country for. It, it, became, it became this leviathan out of actually a small motivation. They're completely with us. They were completely with us the whole time. It was always the same and that they were moved. That story felt relevant to them in some way. I remember one time Chuck delivered to be or not to be. And this took place on the roof of the Metropolitan Correctional Facility in Lower Manhattan. It's a federal prison. It's one that the uh, Los Angeles Times calls the Guantanamo of New York. And we were taken to the roof, and there are about 25 or 30 inmates who chose to see this play. And it was a really, really hot day and the sun was beating down. We had water bottles, and they did not. I don't really know how they sat through the production, but they were leaning into it. And Chuck got to to be or not to be. And I was thinking, is this going to land with them? Is this going to register? And one of the things he did was he rolled up his left sleeve, he took off his belt, and he put his belt around his arm and cinched it in a way that somebody, a junkie, injecting heroin into his arm. And he was talking about to sleep, perchance to dream, and simulated injecting himself. And I I looked up and I saw a really young prisoner who was just locked in on what Chuck was saying. And I realized at that moment that this young man was more connected to what's at the heart of that speech. Do we live? Do we die? Do we take the sleep and dreaming way out? Would we make our quietus with that bare bodkin? Because it was just a moment where you realize that Shakespeare speaks across the centuries. And when a great actor figures out a way to communicate these lines, this is what Shakespeare is about and should be for. We were in Rikers. And I was about to do, uh, to be or not to be, and there was a prisoner sitting opposite me, big guy. And in Rikers, this is where they put people to basically, it's like the Tower of London, they put people there to rot. They're just there for years, you know? 
And uh, this guy just looked at me silently and just, he'd been completely silent the whole performance and just shook his head when I was about to, to put the needle in. He just shook his head as in, don't do it. Don't do it. And that, I then gave the speech to him. Because if there's someone that could understand the helplessness of life and wanting to get out of it, it's him. And yet he's there saying, don't do it. It's not worth it. So it became very clear to me that I had to look at them, feel the sort of shame of addiction is what projected me to the to be or not to be like, what? What do you? I know this isn't good. I know this isn't the best way, but what are you going to have me do? It was just a sensational feeling. It was a feeling of awe, hearing their voices say the lines with him and the context surrounding their involvement. It, it was inspiring. I mean, I remember being in a women's homeless shelter and I went to be or not to be. And this woman shouted out, that is the question. She knew the speech. She probably threw it, took her back to school or whatever her life was. And you realize the humanity that connects all of us is that just because you find someone in this situation doesn't mean they don't have a whole history behind them. The resonance of big themes of like life, death, betrayal, justice, they land in such a personal and powerful way for many of the people who are who find themselves in prison you know to be or not to be one of the the most famous speeches in Shakespeare's canon the idea of how do I go on or do I choose not to and how do I I, I deal with the past that razor's edge of existence is is very palpable in those spaces and then another time doing that speech was we were in Harlem performing and I started to do it and I noticed this woman this woman sat in the, in, in the in the first row and as I started to do it I just saw that she she bent over in her chair and she had her hands in her head because it was so much you know her hands in her head just shaking her head as I was talking about it God knows what she's been through or what she's seen and I completely changed the blocking and I got up from where I was sat and I went up to her in the front row and I crouched down in front of her and she sort of looked up and saw me in front of her. And I did the whole speech to her, you know, and I just spoke it to her and we were both like weeping at the end of it, but it was for her. So I, I, that's how that speech evolved with these real life experiences of people going through stuff. One of the things I think to be or not to be rests on is the idea of, of paralysis. Every day I'm, I'm faced with, do I watch that new video of that police brutality? Or do I watch this new video of this particular injustice? Hamlet could have said, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark, but I'm going to choose to cover it up because I have that privilege. But Hamlet chooses to engage, chooses to listen to the ghost, chooses to listen to his gut, and therefore commits himself to a very hard journey of search and a messy journey of searching for justice who would bear the whips and scones of time you know the the proud man's continue the pangs of despised love the law's delay the you know i mean this is all stuff that literally is the same thing the the insolence of office also i think is like you know who would bear that you know and you just go ah, that's literally talking about the system we, i mean until we were doing it and seeing it and resonating and thinking on it we didn't even realize just how almost literal the connections are.
race has clouded humanity. This idea of does Hamlet work for black people? Does it work for white people? Does it work for Latin people? That is a construct invented by whiteness. Shakespeare, I think he writes from a human perspective, which is relative to people of any ethnicity. I think it can be something that carries through because the stories are powerful and they're dramatic. They're freaking fun to watch on stage when they're done right. <laughs> it is, it can be breathtaking. I don't want us to lose any of that just because it's steeped in imperialism and colonialism. I think that there's, there's value to, to, to stories. Uh, to Shakespeare stories. It's something I think Shakespeare can 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 keep existing as we find this kind of new world order. I think that there's a space for it. Like the answer is not going to be unified. There might be another black person who feels as though Hamlet, like Shakespeare should be done with. And that's fine too. That's the thing, like black people are eclectic. We're not a monolith. And so I don't mind talking about it, but another black actor may not find that very interesting. And we do what we can to have grace if we mess up. You know what I mean? That's the one thing I'm learning about this, this new conversation surrounding race is like, it's okay to mess up. Thank you for listening to this episode of To Be or Not To Be. In the next episode, we speak to the verse doctors, voice and text experts who reveal hidden meanings in Hamlet's soliloquy by concentrating on its sounds and its rhythms. There's a wonderful quote that Shakespeare's words march like heartbeats. To be or not to be, that is the question. There's this underlying rhythm, which is like the heartbeat. It's a kind of pattern of us. This podcast was started in the depths of the coronavirus lockdown, and the contributors all agreed to take part because they wanted to raise awareness for theatres and for actors at a time of crisis due to pandemic, to rolling lockdowns and social distancing. If you want to help, theatres like The Globe have donation pages you can visit and special fundraisers have been set up during lockdown. If you visit the podcast website, you can find some links. Finally, special thanks go to Emma Fielding and Simon Paisley Day, who recorded versions of the speech at home during lockdown. And thanks too to Chris Dyer, Paul Sem and Hannah Fiore for their invaluable help and support. Soft you now. The fair. Ophelia. Nymph in thy orisons, be all my sins remembered.